Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Write that down. Write that down. I, I don't have a pencil. Well, remember. Write this down. All right, Mackie and Judd with Rami. No Rami today. He's uh, off for a few days being boyfriend of the year. And uh, Jonathan Harrison is on site with us. We are live at Allianz Field, the grand opening of the Brew Hall and also the Team Store. And we are being graced. It's going to be pretty difficult because he's missed half the season. Matt Dumba will not lead all NHL defensemen in scoring this season. <laughs> he so got hurt. It's not my fault. Yeah. I think you guys should not Still know. I shouldn't yeah. be penalized for that. Uh, let's see here. Manny uh, had, uh, had one correct here. Manny said the Gophers men's basketball team would reach the round of 32. And they did. Yep. So, where to go? Where yeah, to go, like, Manny Hill? Okay. Yeah, where to go, Manny Hill? Let's all give, let's all give all right. him a little round of applause. Uh, Jonathan said Jonathan was just literally looking for bunt singles a week or two ago. <laughs> Jonathan said the Lakers will miss the playoffs, but it wasn't like at the beginning of the year. He said it last week. I'm oh, wow. pretty sure. Two weeks ago. That was a while ago. Yeah, it was like yesterday. Can we give him a walk so he gets no credit for it in the batting average? Uh, so Jonathan <laughs> is on the board there. Sorry, Jonathan. Let's see. I predicted. Well, I said the Gophers, this was a great one in theory. I said the Gophers would finish 500 or better in the Big Ten and make the NCAA tournament. I said that a year ago. They made the NCAA tournament. They finished a game uh, away from 500, so that was incorrect. But I did say they would win an NCAA tournament game this year, so that was correct. Our listeners, uh, guests, James, let's see, James said the Gophers would miss the NCAA tournament a couple weeks ago. He's wrong. And listener predictions, which you can tweet at us anytime during the week. Dallas said the Gophers would lose to Purdue by 15 or more in the Big Ten tournament. They beat Purdue. And then in their NCAA tournament game, they get waxed by double digits as well. Well, the opposite happened. They won both those games. Uh, Reagan said the Lakers would face the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals this coming season, which isn't going to happen. And then uh, Owen said LeBron would would, uh, win MVP and a championship in his first year with the Lakers. Nope. Uh, uh, let's see, Mike S. said the Gophers would win at least two games in the Big Ten tournament and get into the NCAA tournament, so Mike S. was correct. And I have one written down. It said Jesse had a correct snow removal prediction, but I have no idea what that was. We're just going to give <laughs> Jesse, listener here, a point. Batting averages are as follows. Rami batting 400 still. I'm up to 300. Judd's batting 294. Jonathan up to 200. Manny... 188 listeners at 250 and our guest predictors are over on the season 
So Callum Williams is here no to pressure. save the day. Today. No pressure. No pressure. Wow. So I do three, correct? Yes. Well, we'll yeah. go one at a time. Okay, right. And okay. get this dramatic. We go around, okay, so. yeah. And, and it can so be thank goodness for that. sports, non-sports, as long as we can quantify. It's something that we can say yes or no to at some point whenever the prediction comes off the board. So the easiest one for me to start with is that I will predict that Darwin Quintero will get 15 goals and 15 assists Ooh. on the season. Whoa. Wow. That's, that's Good. Okay. Wow. Okay. Dumb. Like dumb question. What you? What's? What's a goal total that usually leads the season in MLS? Well, last year it was broken, and it was 34 Ooh. by Joseph Martinez. That's never been done before. The wow. previous height was 27, and that was held for a long, long time. But I would say average is, is around about between 20 and 25. I would say yeah. usually. Okay. 15 goals, 15 assists. Callum Williams. Out of the, the season. Game. All right. Judd Zelgat. All right. Uh, opening day next. What Thursday for the Twins? And we'll be broadcasting from Kieran's that day, and I will give you this write that down. The Twins will go 87 and 75 this season after Whoa. being 78 and 84 last year. So, so 87. Exact, exact record. 87 wow. and 75 record for 2019. For write this down. Okay, off the record, do they make the playoffs with 87 wins? I'm not seeing that yet. <laughs> His crystal ball. Yeah, you're asking, quite you're asking yeah. me to see things completely clearly, and I'm, it's hazy. He's had too many beers. <laughs> yeah, sampling those beers. I had a prediction earlier. I forget. I what you're talking about with the twins. Judd, are you okay? All right, write this down. I'm drinking Kool-Aid. Gophers Kool-Aid. The Gophers beat Michigan State tomorrow night. That's right. Write this down. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, All right. The Gophers will beat Michigan um, State tomorrow night. Write it down. I'll go with the soccer one. Okay. This one might be a might be sucking up to Cal a little bit. England will win this summer's Nations League final. Come on, come on. Yeah. I hope so. They'll beat oh, the Netherlands word. and then they'll beat whoever's in the What's final. What's it called again? The Nations League. The Nations League final. Nations League final. Okay. Nation League's final. Okay. Nations League final. When is this played? Uh, June, early oh. June. Okay. Yes. Who are wow. the other? Uh, is, is it? Is this there's, just a European tournament? Or? The, it's just it's the semifinals and then the final. It's England versus the Netherlands and Portugal versus Switzerland. Yes, and then the winners of those two will face each other. So how, how much of a long shot prediction is this? Because we need to quantify: is this a home run or like a single? <laughs> Say it's a really long shot. It's a really long shot. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you would have said this a couple of years ago, I'd have said, "What on earth are you talking about?" But actually, because of the insane progression of the English national team, it's actually something that's quite realistic now, yeah. isn't it? So, yep. um, but uh, as, as uh, somebody who's fairly senile, especially <laughs> fairly senile from a soccer point of view as well, been an England fan all these years mm -hmm. and, and seen nothing but desperation and disappointments, um, I'll, I'll take that. I like that. All right. <laughs> the boys at Brits will have quite a few pints if this happens. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And, and even if, and it, if doesn't, it doesn't, the boys at Brits will have pints. <laughs> <laughs> and if it doesn't, they'll have more pints than they would have. That all right, back to Callum Williams here. Okay, my other prediction is that... I'm going to go basketball here. Wow. Kansas will win the national championship. Whoa. Okay. Write this down. A few oohs and ahs around there. Wow. <laughs> I think there might have been a groan, actually. <laughs> there we go. All right. Do you have analysis behind this? Or nope. nope? <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Back to John. <laughs> Zero analysis. Just Kansas. Uh, Jose Barrios will win 20 games this season. Write it down. You like writing things down. I feel like the and 20 Collar, games is a, is a number that doesn't... Did Collar bring this up on his show? He mentioned this today on his show because I said USOB. Just as a joke because we were trying to figure okay. out how to give away twin six. We okay. still got to do. Okay. But yeah. I'm going with Barrios to win 20. 
All right, I'm gonna. I, I got to do this to, just to pick up a point here. All right, write this down. England. Kansas will not oh. win the national <laughs> championship <laughs> this season. But I'll add another one just to just to be fair here. Uh, another Twins prediction: Jonathan Scope will hit 30 or more home runs in a Twins uniform this year. Write it down. You like writing things down. And I may have just. I may have just screwed up the prediction because I said in a Twins uniform, if he gets traded at the deadline and hits 30 home runs, I just lost that point, but yep, that's okay. So now we're rooting for him to not get traded at the deadline on a one-year contract and also I'm, hit 30 home runs. I'm so confused I right just, now. Well, no, I, like, you do this all the time with predictions where <laughs> I know, I'm, you'll put yeah, like an unnecessary I know, yeah, qualifier Yeah, you put, uh, you put yeah. a clause on it. I got it. <laughs> okay. Sticking with Twins hitting home runs, Byron Buxton will hit over 25 home runs this season. Write this down. Okay. All right. Bunch of twins optimism over here. Yeah. Mm. If these, if, if those three things that we just said in a row, playoffs, Barrios twenty wins, Scope thirty homers, Buxton twenty five homers. Then I think Judd's prediction is wrong. <laughs> it's too low. Yeah, then your well, twins prediction is too low. I'd be fine with that. All right, back to Cal. So this is not only a prediction but also a challenge as well. Ooh. So I predict and challenge Judd to be a bigger soccer fan. Than Phil in the next twelve months. Write this I down. challenge and predict. What can we put on this? Yeah, how's this going to happen? Tattoo? tattoo? No, no, <laughs> I'm not getting a tattoo. No, a Minnesota United tattoo. Okay, because I actually have my third prediction goes hand in hand with what you just predicted. Okay, so maybe we can tie these together. Write this down. We're going out of order here. Write this down. Judd will step foot inside the Allianz Field brew hall. More frequently in 2019 than bat and barrel inside Target Field. Write it down. You like writing things <laughs> oh, down. That's... So, so we... you're kind of off. Like you're off the bat and barrel hate. Well, inside Herb, I'll throw Herbex in. Herbex. Does, does this involve me where I buy beers too? Like, cause I set foot in. In. I think he has to drink. How about drink? Can you, can I'd you, say it has can to be you drink. Keep a, dr- a beer tally. Oh, sure, that's no problem. Well, right, we'll go bat and barrel <laughs> for a while. He gets lost after five. That's, general that's no problem unless year. I'm Ubering it or lifting it, <laughs> and then it might be a problem. But I can give you a, a ballpark. Well, put it this way. No if, pun intended. If Judd, who is a longtime baseball uh, game goer, if Judd drinks more beers inside this stadium than Target Field, that would fulfill, I think, what that, you're talking that about. Would to be, oh, that would be thumbs up. Yes. I foresee myself here quite a bit. This is a great place. Okay. Bat and barrels, okay. Not great. So, yeah, I think you're probably right. All right. All right. I think you guys will both win. And a tattoo. I'm not getting a tattoo. <laughs> I don't like tattoos. Just, just like a soccer cleat. No. On your, tattoos. On your no, lower back. I, I don't get the tattoo thing. I, I don't get, you know, there's a lot of things kids do now that I don't get. The tattoo thing is one of them. One. I just don't get it. All right. All right, back to Judd here. Final prediction for Judd. Kirk Cousins will not start all 16 regular season games for the Vikings this coming season. Because he's resting in week 17 after the Vikings clinched the division? Something, or? I, I not, I'm not seeing this clearly again, but something's going to happen. He's not going to start the entire season. All right. Something's going to happen. Awfully negative. Just a weird feeling. <laughs> I would just give you two positive ones. All right, back I'm to trying to win this thing in the, uh, in the uh, finals of the most annoying sports personalities in town. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got to get Callum Williams on that next year. Yeah, Callum didn't make it. He, oh, no. Well, there's... Although play-by-play guys, except for Bramer, uh, I think didn't make it. If Dick Bramer is on it, it opens the door for all play-by-play guys to be on the annoying sports media personalities. To be honest, I'm slightly offended. I crave (laughs) of being annoying. (laughs) Don't we all? (laughs) Shouldn't that be you wake up in the morning and you're like, what can I do to be annoying? Exactly. We are sports announcers after all. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And final prediction here from Jonathan Harrison. All right. Since we are in Allianz, 
the Allianz Field Brew Hall. Minnesota United will win their home opener against NYCFC, and the Loons will shut out NYCFC in that match. With a clean sheet. Yes. Nice. All right. The gaffer will be happy. Write it down. You like there writing you things Sold down. The Wonderwall. Mm. Yeah, there it is. Uh, playoffs this season? Yeah. Yes. Has to be. Has to be. And I think it will be as well. I think... Um, I read that down? Mirrors <laughs> <laughs> calling for changes. Callum <laughs> <laughs> just called for changes. I heard it. It's, everything's verbally binding in this <laughs> segment. <laughs> Look, I, I think we all know, don't we, that the playoffs are an absolute must this season. With with this absolute jewel of a stadium, you, you can't you can't not make the postseason. And I think what the team have done in the off season. Look, we all know they had a strategic plan in the off season to bring in the bodies that they needed to do. The spine now looks as strong as, as it's ever looked, arguably the, one of the strongest in Major League Soccer. I think there's, um, th- there's real optimism in this group of players, and I see no reason why they can't challenge to be in the postseason. Yeah, yeah this, is, this feels like it's going to be an awesome atmosphere all it, summer long here. It, it's beyond what anybody would ever expect from, from soccer in Minnesota, and I say that with all due respect. You know, it, it's, it's unbelievable. Guys, I, I've been to stadiums all around the world, and... <laughs> I just got shown the, the broadcasting booth um, a couple of days ago, and I, I said to Bill McGuire, I said, Bill, you don't even get views like this in Barcelona. Yeah. And here we are in St. Paul, and, and, and this view is just absolutely the epitome of perfection. So the stadium's gorgeous. Um, whenever you get a chance, if you can get a ticket, you must come down here because it, it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. What are you most looking forward to? For the, for the home opener or for any, any, any part of the season? Just the atmosphere here. You know, we, we saw the atmosphere that was generated at TCF Bank Stadium in a, in a non-soccer stadium. And the fans in that stadium, they, they, they made some noise. You know, the decibels rose minute after minute after minute. And, and it was a glorious atmosphere. Now in this stadium, with it being enclosed the way it is, and I think from, as Johnny Harrison just mentioned, over the far side of the stadium in the Wonderwall, it, it's going to be one of the best atmospheres in Major League Soccer. And um, it, it's funny, I've had a lot of people from, from Europe um, text and, and tweet or whatever over, over the last couple of weeks and, and say, my word, look at, look at the stadium. The stadium looks absolutely phenomenal. And um, we're so lucky. We're so lucky that, that we're a part of this and we're so lucky that we're a part of Major League Soccer now in a period where we all know it's still growing, but it's only going to get bigger and better as the year goes on. Yeah. There, there was a time here in the 90s when we wouldn't have built a stadium for anybody no matter what Callum and now and now seriously we've got this sport great stadium baseball great stadium in fact too because the Saints ballpark is cool too it's great too the Vikings there was a time when we put our foot down and they were playing in the Metrodome and I mean honest to God it's amazing how things have changed now and and not just to have the stadiums built but they're, for the most part, they're all fantastic. And, I mean, this is this, the, the greatest thing, I think, in sports, too, is now the sports-specific stadium. You know, because it used to be the kicks played at Met Stadium, and then the strikers played in the Dome. And it was, it was fine, but it wasn't the feel. And now for a place like this where, where I think, even if you're not a soccer fan, when you walk in, you're going to get an idea of why soccer fans appreciate the sport. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, it, it, it's oozing and dripping with quality isn't it you know if, if you go around the stadiums you look at some of the the executive areas as well i mean it, it's fit for a-listers you know whatever they are nowadays it's it's absolutely stunning it really really is and we're so lucky in the twin cities to have a stadium like this you know and uh, 
I can't wait. April 13th against New York City FC. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. Callan Williams, hey, thanks for coming over. Thanks for Thank having you. me, chaps. Yeah, nice work. Sure Kansas, go Kansas. Predictions get <laughs> <written> <laughs> <down>. <laughs> All right, Mackie and Judd with Rami. No Rami today. Uh, so a couple things here for the rest of the show, live at the Allianz Field Brew Hub. Uh, brew, I keep saying hub. Brew Hall is the word I'm looking for. All right, thank you, Declan. We've got Jonathan out here. Judd's on his fifth hour of radio today. I'm watching myself <laughs> drink beers here. This is pretty good. Oh, the, the yeah, you did a beer tasting video. If people want to check it out, Judd tasting beer on our Score North Twitter account, S K O R North Twitter. And since we're here at Allianz Field for another thirty minutes or so, we also have two of the best soccer shows in town on Score North: the Adrian Heath Show every Monday night at seven o'clock and on demand, and also the Crafty Rogues. And you can find both those shows in the same on demand feed. Just search Score North Soccer. Anywhere you find your podcast, let's give it. We've been giving away tr- twins tickets to the opener at random all week long, and let's do it right now to the first caller that gets this correct. <laughs> I almost said thank you hundredth just to mess you with Declan. No, Paul Black, you can't win. You work here. The first <laughs> caller to six five one six four six eight two five five to tell us which Twins player has scored the most runs in a single season. In a single season. Which Twins player scored the most runs in a single season? And I'll even give you the number of runs. 140 runs this person scored. Mm. Mm. You can go ahead, call in. Go ahead. <laughs> 651-646-8255. All right. He's calling right now. Think on that for a minute. Should we do play-by-play of this guy calling in? 651-646-8255. His name's Declan. It's 555. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, uh, today, so he's he's never going to brag about this. No, in fact, he's going to be he's going to express annoyance. Is my yes. guess, and we're going to ask him about this. Of course, in we will. Fifteen minutes, but Patrick Royce, it was revealed today, is later this summer going to be inducted into the Minnesota Broadcasters Hall of Fame. Two years after Joe Suchere went in, Joe Suchere and Patrick Royce launched was it monday night sports talk back in 1983 yeah it was originally monday night sports talk yes and uh, pat has been i mean you and i have both you grew up working with pat as a young guy and in, in your 20s and i'm the same way you in the newspaper side yep. and me on the the radio side and um i think it's really cool anytime pat gets on i know like some some people hate pat because he's a troll and because he's He's negative and all these things, and he agitates you. But I think if you can kind of get beyond some of that and appreciate the genius behind it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think that there's a perception of Pat, uh, because he's definitely curmudgeon, but I think the perception of Pat is that he's sort of a mean-spirited guy, and he's one of the nicest people in the world. I mean, that, Pat Royce, as we've talked about on our shows before, Phil, Pat Royce um, has bent over backwards to help people. And yep. and so this whole yes he's a curmudgeon yes he trolls which is hysterical and the fact that he's a seventy three year old troll on Twitter is completely awesome yeah but he also is one of the nicest most giving happy for you if you succeed guys out there and so yeah this is and I don't think people appreciate too Monday Night Sports Talk which then morphed into the Saturday sh- uh, show with Joe Sushre that show was so far ahead of its time as far as as that was sort of the beginning of the era of let's break down sports which we all do yeah but you know that was the you know let's take calls and break down sports and we're going to be serious about sports and pat and joe had this show where they basically mocked the format which back then was like 
what are they doing? But it was hilarious. And then they, they had people calling up uh, Guy Green and Greg Harrington doing impersonations of Sid and yeah. Lou Nanny and Neil Broughton. And all of the, and, and the calls were just fantastic. So, so the genius of that show, which might be lost now, is they took a format that was becoming popular and turned it sideways. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, if you look at, you know, he has had Hall of Fame level success as a newspaper columnist, as a radio host. He's had success as a blogger, a podcaster, and a tweeter in his 70s. And he is a, he, I, I can't understate this enough, or he is a fantastic writer. Like his ability, if he hadn't done radio at all, Patrick Royce's ability as a writer is in, and I know he doesn't get to the point quickly, which is his deal, but if you have read Patrick consistently, there should be an appreciation for the fact that this guy he is tremendously talented. Yeah, he's his style is, and that's the thing too. Like his style is is probably never going to be replicated anymore in terms of right. storytelling, and then get to the point after seventy five percent of the story. Right. And now we live in a world where you've got to hook someone with a headline, and you've got you've got ten seconds to get someone's attention and keep it, and so you need to. And uh, it's just a, it's just a, a different world today. Is also completely coincidentally. The nine-year anniversary since the beginning of the uh, the Roycey and Mackey show. Is it uh, really? At the time, the old AM 1500. Wow. And then we flipped a month later to, or like three weeks later, to 1500 ESPN. And just kind of what you were saying about him helping people. and So I was 24 years old in March of 2010 when we started that show. And I'll never forget... I was being interviewed, and, and Tom Pelissero was in the mix to get a job, and they wound up bringing both of us in mm-hmm. to do different types of things, radio and writing. And, and so I was driving, and I was running late because I was coming from Vikings practice, and I was going to for like my third interview for this job. And it, and it had kind of morphed into, yeah, Patrick Royce needs a co-host for two hours, and we'd love to get, kind of get you and him together. And I had run into him in press boxes and stuff, but he, I didn't think he had any idea who I was and whatnot. Because sure. there's a 40-year age gap, and he's a legend, and I'm just a dude in press boxes as a part-timer. And anyways, so I'm speeding over to Dunn Brothers across the street from KSTP, which no longer exists. And I show up, and this is the first time Pat and I have ever met face-to-face in a non-just passing by each other in a press box setting. And then general manager Dan Seaman walked in. So it's the three of us, and we sit down at a table, and Dan says, so uh, I'm going to go, and you guys, um, you guys talk and kind of figure out if you want to do a show together. This is like probably March 5th or March 10th of 2010. Sure. And I'm sitting here like, okay, I'm going to be alone now with a legend that I, I was seven years old reading this guy's columns, and my dad used to have me read his columns, and, right. and I'd get mad at him on Twitter, and I would you know, tweet at him, and I, you know, he... <laughs> brought out emotions in me and i'm sitting at this table and pat goes all right um well you're a stat geek and uh i'm an old crusty sports writer and um and i'm just like i'm waiting for this like hour-long discussion is he gonna quiz me is he gonna grill me you know what's this process gonna be like and he goes uh and i'm a crusty old sports writer and um i think we should do it what do you think? And I'm like, what, what do you mean? What do, what do I think? You're like, absolutely not. No, no, can't do this. Yes, of course. <laughs> and and after two weeks, they called us into a meeting or two or three weeks, and it was Pat that went to management and said, "Hey, this is this is going well, and we're not killing each other." And and he went to them and said, "Let's put 
Mackey's name on the show. It was Roycey on sports, and I was just in the room. And sure. he said, let's put him on the show so we can give him, I don't know, whatever, credibility or a, a billboard name on a show so we can develop another talent. He didn't have to do that, and he could have just kept me under his thumb. Right. But he gave a 24-year-old kid 50-50 equal billing, and we sparred for four years, and then you and I started doing a but show. That's together, but that's him. Yeah. That's yeah. him. Like, he doesn't look at things. or the, the amount of petty jealousies in this business can be incredibly high, yeah. and he doesn't look at things that way. He looks at things like, all right, if I like you, I like you. And it's, but so, yeah, he is. It's, that's what I've always tried to tell people. Yes, he's a curmudgeon, and yes, he can, yeah, he can be a little bit on the crusty side at times, because he can be for sure. Yeah. But he's also one of the nicest, most giving people you'll find. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's a congratulations he hates compliments and he hates awards and he hates when the spotlight is on him the in a baseball good way. hall of fame thing i think he legitimately is like i don't i didn't cover baseball he, i don't want it he loves when the spotlight's on him as a troll oh, or, yeah. as, or if it's something critical or bad and he and he thrives in that oh, I, environment i can see that but one. when it's something that's praise and it's in this case the minnesota broadcast hall of fame Royce does not like it so we're gonna, oh, yeah. we're going to make him very uncomfortable if when we you, welcome him in in this next segment if you if you tell <laughs> Pat, you, you can have 50 people praising you and nice to you, or I can give you a room of 50 people that hate your guts. Yeah. He's going to go in door number two every time. Yes. So let's get him on. We wrap with Roycey every single day. He's still in Florida for the next few days, but he'll be back, and, uh, and we're going we're gonna to keep going with Roycey Unchained, and we even have another Roycey-related show that we're going to unveil next week as well for people to hear. But Mackie and Judd, we're hanging out here at Allianz Field. And we're, uh, we're sampling, at least after the show, we're probably going to sample some of these 96 beers on tap. But this is day one of the brew hall and day one of the team store. And you can stop in if you're coming home from work. This place is filling up, and people are having fun watching March Madness. But it's just a cool place to hang out, open until 7 o'clock. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. We wrap with Royce next. Man, Wisconsin, sad Wisconsin fans in the crowd. Darn. They're down by like 20 points with a minute and a half left. There, I just saw a Wisconsin fan with a minute 47, team down by 19, give an inspirational, come on, guys! <laughs> come on! Man, you and Collar. I feel so bad for them. Collar hates them so much. Yep. Good. Well, here's, okay, a lot of it's just petty jealousy as a Gophers guy, but uh-huh. if I'm being fully <laughs> self-aware. But, uh, Which I don't we know, always like, appreciate. They've got these players who are just these little conniving. That's what like yeah. that. Uh, it's kind of what Collar said. Davidson, what, Davidson who tried to kid. break. He's like a Maple Grove kid. I know, and he tried to break he, Jordan Murphy's ankle in a game. He literally tried to like. What does that say? His foot what does that Jordan say Murphy. to you about local kids, though? I mean, what are well, we teaching them? Cheap. What are we teaching them? <laughs> what are we teaching our youth? That Maple here? Grove school system. What are we teaching them? A bunch them? of dirty cheats, apparently. I'm very concerned. By the way, check this one out. Oh, you, so, I took a picture with the mascot. And the caption is, the best mascot in the Twin Cities. And PK the Loon. Seth Augers fired. Is the- <laughs> Seth, pack yourself. Go back to the Wolves. You're, you're done. saying he's not taking a road trip down to Iowa with you next time? You know what? He's low maintenance. Seth, Seth's a quiet young man. Low maintenance. Yeah. I liked it. He didn't talk too, too much. Uh, <laughs> he didn't talk much, and I had the radio up. Remain silent. No eye contact. Yep. <laughs> Exactly right. All right, Mackie and Judd with Rami. No Rami today, but we're hanging out here. Jonathan Harrison's with us, and we've been hanging out all day 
the brand new brew hall inside Allianz Field, having a great time. Score North on fifteen hundred. And Pat, we're not going to we're not going to embarrass you uh, and shower you too much here. But congratulations! Uh, it was announced today that you're going to be later on this year inducted into the Minnesota Broadcast Hall of Fame. And uh, both Judd and I think you're awesome and deserve it, even though you probably won't take the compliment. Oh, I'm fine. It's it, it's uh, it's good, and uh, I've been hearing from some people uh, who I used to work with. So yeah, it's it's, it's a good old time, uh, you know. I, I think it's as I said on Twitter, it's a triumph for sidekicks, you know. Just uh, you know, just hang in there and play off some dummy, and you'll be okay. So. What is the what's the most fun moment of your radio broadcast career? Would you say? Oh, man, uh, the early years when we basically lost control of the show to all the idiots <laughs> calling in and doing, you know, the, the, when we had 16, 17-year-old kids from uh, White Bear Lake area calling in as terrorist hosts, terrorists organized against dust, disgusting sports, and setting up whole deals where they kidnapped people because they were disgusting sports people and to have people put in the effort to join in to the surface was it was hard to beat. That was a good place to start. But uh, you know, I I've uh, way more often than not I've had a great old time. You know, so it's 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 fun and uh, I, you know it's it's terrific. So, hey Pat, how, how uh, unlike. How unlikely is is that part of your career too? Because I mean, you, you know, you started at the Tribune a long time ago and embraced that. But if someone had come to you when your career started and said you're also going to get into this end of the business at that time, what would you have told them? Well, I could, you know, when we started off, we were uh, the first when we get Sunday nights, we were getting three hours a week, making ninety bucks. We thought we were tall clover, man. This what a scam this is, and uh, <laughs> you know, I I would have, uh, yeah, I would have been very surprised that it uh, that it came to uh, something that was uh, uh, long long standing and uh, very much fun, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it and and that you could you could do it for as long as I did with no, not only no professional training, but no attempt to learn professional <laughs> on the radio. That was the, uh, that was the highlight is the, the fact that, uh, well, Judd actually, Phil had a uh, complete opportunity when we were doing Saturdays together to find out how the, how Joe and I originally worked together, which was, arrived three or four minutes before the show started and then start talking about something that surprised both of you. So that was that's kind of how it went for, you know, 15 years anyway, 10 years probably. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's a good old time. So, so today, uh, coincidentally, today is, a, is all, I'm for some reason, dates stand out in my head, and so I know that today is the nine-year anniversary of when you and I first started doing a show together, and it, and it was a few weeks before we launched 1500 ESPN, and um, and I just told I told Judd the story. I don't even know if you remember this, but I told Judd the story of I was 24 years old, and you, me, and Dan Seaman met at Dumb Brothers across the street from KSTP, and I just remember you saying, well, uh, you're a stat guy, and I'm a crusty old ball writer, and uh, I think we should do this, and I was like... <laughs> We're not going to talk this out for an hour. You're just like, no. Let's. I think we should do this. And I was like, all right. 
I'm in. <laughs> well, and, uh, uh, yeah, years. that's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad it worked out that way for for all parties because uh, it, uh, it, is, it is really, you know, you were the guy that got you started so that I could be down here now with all these guys walking around with their iPads and not be completely overwhelmed by what the <laughs> hell are they talking about when you try to talk to them about baseball. And uh, and uh, today I was trying to get a hold of Jeremy Zoll, you know, the, uh, the head of the farm department, because I wanted to do a little review on, the, on the, the seven prospects they got for those three major trades that they made last year on the on the uh, around the trading deadline, and man, alive! It ain't the old days where you just wander in the office and sit out. It's, uh, these guys are busy, man. They are busy. You're, uh, so, uh, it, it's a different world. It's a it's a different world in radio, and it's a different world, uh, certainly in baseball. That's for sure. Pat, your, your thoughts on the uh, the decision? And I guess it can't be considered completely surprising because he struggled so much. Fernando Romero, though, won't make the opening day roster and goes to uh, Rochester. Yeah, and a uh, little tiny Wes Johnson, the pitching coach, just a little tiny, eeny weeny guy. You saw him down here, Judge, about four foot eight. But uh, he uh, he was trying to convince Phil Miller that it was not any surprising in this, and that his last two performances had nothing to do with it, huh? which uh, you know proves that uh, Wes is in, in that. Uh, in that group, that's not going to say anything bad about one of his players, but obviously Fernando pitched his way out of this uh, out of this bullpen because they need a power arm in that bullpen, and they uh, he was going to be it, and uh, he was so bad uh, the last two games that they just uh, thought I think they're trying to jack him up a little bit because he showed up a little thicker than he did last year too. Now not Jose Mahara's thick. But he showed up, uh, you know, he had to be, what do you think, 10, 12 heavier, Chad, at least? maybe. 15. Yeah, probably 10. Yeah. So, you know, he had a bigger arse on him than he had last year. Let's put it that way. And uh, <laughs> in, in a uniform, anyway, I didn't I didn't expect it any closer. But, uh, uh, the, uh, but uh, yeah, he pitched his way out of here because they, they wanted him. But now that, to me, that's the biggest problem you got here right now. It's, who, who, okay. Rogers, this Parker guy, Hildy. Uh, there's really not a lot of life in that pen right now. There's not, not a lot of Trevor May. I don't know Ryan Harper. Uh, some guys like that. I, I don't know who they're going to have in that bullpen, but it's uh, it doesn't. Uh, I, I I mean, on the surface, you never know about bullpens, guys. You know, look at the look at the. Red Sox, that Brassier or whatever his name is, becomes his feed on last year, and now he's going to be their closer at age 30, and maybe one of those guys can do that for the Twins. But uh, right now, the bullpen would uh, terrify me a little bit. So, is a uh, dumb question here. Are they done with Fernando Romero as a starter forever? Is, they, have they just said he's, he's a reliever? That seems to be the case, which really surprises me. A big, strong guy like that with a decent assortment of pitches. But uh, boy, you know what? As I as I said, though, Phil, they don't do anything based on you know whim. These guys, they base it all on. Okay, he has an assortment of pitches that are going to serve better in the bullpen. So that's. Uh, now, now down in the minors, however, I was talking to him today about some guys that they have uh, 
taken guys who had been moved to relief and put it back in the in the starting. Uh, so, but I think they do look at him as a reliever right now. But who knows? Uh, you know, if he struggled there, maybe they'll give him another look as a starter. Trevor May was always a guy I thought was going to be a starter, and now he's in the bullpen. So, yeah, I, uh, but, I don't really know. By the way, it's official. Wisconsin gets beat by 18 points today. Uh, Oregon just Ooh, that bad, huh? just put up a 72-54 win as a 12 seed over Wisconsin, and I missed I missed this. 13 seed UC Irvine beat Kansas State 70 to 64. Yeah, yeah, yeah they did. Yep. And How's your bracket doing? I was great yesterday. I was 14 and two, and my only Whew. two misses were New Mexico State and uh, Belmont. I should have had. I, I could have went 16 and 0, but uh, I've had a little trouble, a little more trouble today from, with what I can tell. Although I did have Oregon to beat Wisconsin. I, I don't like Wisconsin that well, but the big shocker to me is Iowa beating Cincinnati. The way they played the last six weeks of the year, how could they win a tournament game? And hey, Cincinnati so, was pretty dang good. So, hey Pat, so so uh, we we drove down and stayed in Ankeny uh, a couple nights ago before the game on Thursday in Des Moines, and I'm talking to a guy at the bar, and he told me a story that you would love. He took a trip with the Iowa Hawkeye men's basketball team a couple years ago. I think they went and played in a in a Christmas time tournament in the Bahamas. It's a yeah. little so it's a little gym, right? Small, like and yeah. basically everyone's on top Ooh. of the players, and the play and all these fans are sitting right behind the Hawks bench. And they said during timeouts, Fran would drop so many loud f-bombs that the kids <laughs> the kids and moms started to do Hawkeye cheers in an attempt to. Drown out Fran, <laughs> mfing his players constantly. Wow, wow, yeah, I can believe that. And I thought you were going to tell me Maggie was up in the stands screaming at the referees, but I, I almost asked if Maggie was there too, berating people. But he said Fran is so profane that in this little gym, it became very uncomfortable for the Hawkeye fans to hear their coach dropping that many f bombs. All right, do you guys agree with me on this? The worst thing that could happen to the Gophers was this controversy over Izzo being too mean to his players. I was just going to ask and, you about uh, this. Yeah, and and I I think that I think you're going to see a you're if if they see the same team they saw yesterday against Michigan State, the Gophers will beat them. But they're not going to see that team not after all this crap by modern. You know. He had his fist clenched. Yes, and it was down by his knee, and it was a gesture that you know you make sometimes when you're mad, right? Does that mean you're gonna? Yeah, punch I, I'm with you on this. I, maybe I don't know. Maybe you expect me to disagree here, but like Tom Izzo has a great relationship with pretty much every yeah. player that ever passes through there. So, and you could even tell. Here's what. Here's how you could tell. He has a great relationship with his players, even while he's berating and screaming at his freshmen. If the other players feel comfortable enough to put both hands on Izzo to calm him down, it means that there's a mutual respect there, right? right? Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he went off and got angry. How, uh, uh, how much time we got here? We got about uh, three minutes. Three minutes. Okay. All right. I want to tell you a little story that's on a completely different level. But I went to the Bethel baseball game at nine o'clock. Sunday morning, because it's over here on Terry Field, and Brian Robbie's coaching him, and he's a, I know him from his Twins days, and he's a great guy. So I go over there, and it's a great ball game, one to nothing. They win a hour and thirty-four minutes and uh, seven innings, 
and they win one or nothing. He takes him out to right field. Okay, and he and they had a freshman who missed two signs during the game. It cost him a chance to get some runs. And he congratulates the pitcher, and then he congratulates them for playing so well in the field. And then he just lights this kid up and lights up the you know the, the team in general for not producing any runs. But this kid is basically in tears, you know, because he's teaching them that he can't screw up. Yeah. You want to play, you can't screw up, you know. And, I mean, okay, it's Division three, but this guy played in the big leagues. And it's not like it's profane, but it's, you know, get your head, you know, where the, out of where the sun doesn't shine or you're not going to play. Yeah. And, you know, this is just Rizzo, Rizzo doing the same thing on a much bigger stage and, uh, and probably angrier, but it's, we're so stupid now. It's unbelievably. Look at it. They got his, his fist is clenched. Okay, so what? Yeah. Uh, it's not like he put it in the guy's face and threatened to punch him. <laughs> because if he did, you know, Izzo's a short little guy. They got beat the crap out <laughs> yeah, of him. Yeah. Izzo was just screaming. But I, I think uh, I, I actually like the Gophers' chances after yeah, watching yesterday. But after seeing this reaction, they, these guys, they're going to come out and play tomorrow. And it'll be a battle. I had a coach one time in high school. Same thing. He used to take us out mm-hmm. to left field after the games were over. And we got beat like 10 to nothing by... Uh, I think yeah. it was uh, Chotina Grace, one of those private schools. And we're all just, like, depressed and just mad. And he goes, he's holding a fungo bat. And he goes, well, I'm not going to let a bunch of 17-year-olds ruin my night. See you guys on the bus. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> all right, Coach. Good talk, it. buddy. I, I, I'll do this real quick. But a friend of mine was coaching a high school team 40 years ago. And they were going to win. It's a big regional game, and there's six seconds to go or eight seconds to go, and they got timeout. They said, "Okay, make them foul you." They throw the ball in. Some kid named Charlie throws one up, misses it. The other team runs down and scores and wins the game. And 20 minutes later, they come out. And somebody comes out and says, "Hey, Charlie's in there crying," and the coach says, "That sob better not stop crying." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. All right, Pat, have a good weekend, and we'll catch you on Monday, all right? Congratulations, Patrick. All right. Goodbye. See you. All All right. See you, Pat. (laughs) There it is. Patrick Royce. He and Kyle are definitely definitely differences of opinion about the actions of uh, Izzo in that game. I don't know. I think uh, here's what if there was a complete disconnect between Izzo and his players, and there's not. Those guys, my my thought was, oh, the the one player has both hands on Izzo, and, and like, there's a relationship. Col- college there. kids also can take this in a decent way. Yeah. All right, that's all for us. But the brew house is open. The brew hall is open until seven tonight. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on demand at ScoreNorth.com. See you guys.